So the 6th of March 2016, I, I shared on a message called Christ-likeness. And, and in our journey of looking at following Jesus and living the way, um, we've been, over the last two weeks, we've been talking about becoming like him. And, and last week when this very man in front of me here, Clive was preaching, I was sitting there, and I was following him, really was. But in the same time, at the same time, I, I remembered this preach that I did. And so I went back to it, and I felt like God wanted me to just bring it back again. And so I've revised it a little bit, and, but 6th of March is being resurrected again, <laughs> in this sense. And so this morning, I want to talk about just the journey of becoming. We're on a journey as a church. We started off in the beginning of the year talking about live the way, which is really the Jesus way that we want to look at. And, um, and ever since we introduced it in January, we've been talking about being with Jesus. And we went into a journey of Elisha's room in Second Kings and just looked at how many things from there we could learn about how practically we can be with Jesus. And, and we felt we came to an end of that, that season of being with Jesus, talking about that, and, and we're now transitioning into what we call become like Jesus. And so this morning, I want to give you a little bit of a broader perspective of what it means to become like Jesus, okay? you together? So we, we do challenge one another with an amen here and there or a no, I don't understand that. So you can say that as well. No, I don't understand that. That's good. What didn't you understand? That. that. Okay, that's good. Are we on, we're on fire. He wasn't even rehearsing this before. But I, I think the size of the meeting does also mean that I can kind of walk amongst you. So don't feel intimidated if I come closer to you. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, what do you think, Beulah? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just nice to be able to walk around like this. So the topic is, or the title is, Journey, the Journey of Becoming. Are we going to be able to do that, hey, Bless? That they show you. There's a slide, of, each slide has a different, um, don't worry, if you can't get it done, I'll just do it from here and uh, just talk. We, we want to make sure that in our journey of becoming, we're going to make sure that we know who we would like to become like. Does that make sense? So we're not going to talk about Vesey and where he's from and what he likes and his habits and stuff like that. We're going to talk about Jesus. Correct? Because that's the one that we would like to become like. And so when we talk about a journey, we say the moment you say yes to Jesus, whenever that was the first time, we keep on having to say Jesus all along our lives, isn't it? You said Jesus, you said yes to Jesus perhaps this morning when you're like, oh, I want to lie in bed and just want to stay here. And like Holy Spirit said, no, no, it'll be good for you to go. And you're like, okay, I'll go. Well done. Just tap yourselves on the shoulder and tap yourself and say, well done for listening. Because it's a good thing to come together. But I want us to consider just this morning, and I want to give you just four things that I believe will be helpful for us to pursue this person, Jesus. But the thing that we want to create first is the reason why it is so important to pursue Jesus. I want to ask you to jump in your Bibles or swipe on your device or do whatever it is that you need to do, but it is so good for you to have your own Bibles. And um, if you, by the way, don't have a Bible, you can ask us. But Hebrews chapter 12 is this wonderful portion that talks about the, the one that we want to pursue, all right? And his name is Jesus. So here it says in verse 1, therefore, say with me, therefore. Therefore, 
They say whenever there's a therefore, there's a reason for it because there's something that happened before. Uh huh. So there's stuff that happened before this therefore that indicates that there's a reason why the therefore is there. And the therefore is there because there's a lot of things that have been said in chapter 11 about how people had faith. Now because of their faith, the author here of the book of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and these cloud of witnesses are the people that were mentioned in chapter 11. How many of you can mention names from there? Anyone? Abraham, well done. Another name. Sorry, shout, because I can't always hear. Noah. Who? Rachel. Jacob. See, there's this muffling noise coming from behind that mask. Jacob, that's great. Anybody else? Sarah. Brilliant. So because of these cloud of witnesses, all names that we have mentioned and many more, the, the guy says here in verse 12, therefore, because of these guys, because of their witness, because of their faith, he's not talking to us. He's talking to you. All right? Are you ready to listen? I hope that you've come ready to listen because it's led us. Us is including you. All right? Includes you. Every one of us. It says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So this is a, a thing that includes those that are believers. So are you included? So this is a point where you now say, yeah, I am a follower of Christ. If you're not, that's fine. We're not condemning anybody who's not a follower. We'd love to help you to become one by your own choice. But here it says, let us, let us also. We've got to... We've got to repeat. We've got to do the same as what the others have done. And it seems like what the author is saying, there are things that we need to pursue and that there are things that we need to get rid of. And he's saying you need to pursue, first of all. He says, looking to Jesus. All right? That's what we need to pursue. That's who we need to run hard after. He also says in verse 3, listen to this, what he says. Consider him. So we need to look to Jesus, or we need to consider Jesus. As we do that, he says, this is the race that you're going to be running. But before you can start running this race, and keeping in pace with what Jesus wants to do in your life, he says, lay aside every weight. So there's stuff that, we, that get added to our lives that becomes a burden. That when you want to run the race, it is too much to carry it. How many of you have run in the last week? Not run, you know, because you were late for a meeting and you had to run out of the car up the stairs or something. I'm talking about just gone for a run. How many? You've gone for a run? You've gone for a run? Well done. Why didn't you guys go for a run? I mean, it's like, there's so much time, right? Come on, Nicole. Uh, no, I'm not. Don't worry. You don't have to run. I'm just saying it's good to run. But anyway, so when you go for a run, did you have stuff on your back? Did you wear your high heels? Did you wear um, excessive clothing that makes it difficult, like a dress or a skirt or something? You ran with that which is comfortable, hey, Audrey? Correct. Same as those others that ran, correct? 
You guys try to, we all try to, when we go for a run or we go to exercise, you want to dress appropriately. Because nobody's going to dress or run and say, I'm carrying a chair, but I'm going for a run. It's like I run like this, and it's just not possible. I mean, I could, um, and, but it doesn't make sense. Now, we want to live for Christ. We want to focus on Him as the focus of our lives. We want to journey to become like Him, but we have these things that we carry with us. And I'm not talking about a heavy Bible as a thing that we carry. I'm talking about things in our lives that we carry that are burdensome, that are weighty things. And You know what, as ridiculous as this may look, if I can try to illustrate this, then try to put it on my back and just pretend like I'm not aware of it. I want to live my life with this. This is the weight that I have, and if I could add another one, I would. But we try to live like this, and how are you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. And I, oh, sorry, sorry. And, and I go through the door, and I can't fit, and I go and take a shower. I'm like, hey, ain't going to work, is it? Uh, something's not going to get wet, or something's going to get wet that shouldn't get wet, or stuff like that. And the point is, I'm, I'm not going to manage with this, because this is weight on my physical body. But we live like this, spiritually. The author here says, our focus needs to be Jesus so that we run after him so that we can become more like him. But what we do is we run with weight. And then it also says we, we run this race with sin in our lives. Not only weight that we add to it, the weight of worry, the weight of anxiety, the weight of things that I, that I have taken from my past that I think is just still who, what defines me today. So I messed up in the past. I made mistakes. God's forgiven me, but I still carry them. I still live with them. When I look at myself in the mirror, what do I see? I see this stuff. My mind says it's still there. God's forgiven me. When I approach my, my peers and I look at myself, I think of what I've done wrong and I compare myself with them and I see, well, they've done so well or whatever it may be, but I've got this stuff foremost in my mind because it's still stuck here. Here the author says, if you want to run the race of endurance, you've got to know that there's weight on you that you carry that you need to get rid of. I want to ask you this morning, if you're carrying weight that is not of God, God doesn't come. By the way, Jesus says, my burden is... <laughs> it's not like this. When Jesus calls us to follow him, it's not a burdensome call. It's light. It's a joy. But if you're not enjoying your life, then there's weight that you're carrying that's not of God. And that the devil has just dumped on you. And what people have said about you could be this. You're a failure. You're whatever. I don't like you. And we live with this weight. And actually then we also, it says here, and sin which clings so closely. So we start living with sin in our lives, conscious sin, and, and things that we know that's not going to be helpful. And we walk around with them in our lives. And, well, that's just who I am. I'm okay with this sin. But you know what? The sin keeps me from running the race of endurance. Because now Jesus says, I want you to look at me. I want you to know that I am the focus that you ought to have. But when we have weight and sin, you can't run. 
See what it says here. You first got to get rid of the stuff that prevents you from running before you can run. So you and I are called to run this race of endurance. And, and we know that this race is not a 100-meter sprint. It's not just going to be quickly done. And it's just not for this next week. It is for the rest of our lives that we're going to run and to, be, to become more like him. Run looking at Jesus. Running considering Jesus. But if we have weight and sin that we're just harboring and we're just tagging along, guess what? Your race is going to be pretty, pretty tough. It's already tough as it is in this world that we're living in. Not because God makes it tough, but the devil and sin around us makes it tough. So if I then come and grab weight and I add it, and I want to have, uh, and I engage myself with sin, and I keep it as part of my life, guess what? This run is going to be very, very tough. And I think that's what often happens in our lives, is that God calls us all to a race of endurance. We want to look at Jesus. We want to focus on him, but we've got stuff. And so it's already tough to run. And, and whoever's run further than, than 10 kilometers ever in your life, you know that, hey, that's a long distance. For some five kilometers of walking could even be. And that's not discriminating in any way. Just saying that we are in a long walk. It's a long haul, this thing called following Jesus. And along this walk, our, our focus is, as we look at him, as we consider him, to become like him. I don't want to just end my life one day to say, well, I've lived for Jesus 30 years or 50 years or whatever, but my journey of becoming didn't produce more of him in my life. So at the end of the day, when I, God would, knows exactly when that day would be, when I pass away, that what would be said most of me is not what I accumulated, where I have traveled to, how many children I have, you know, how many people were in the church that possibly I led. The greatest testimony would be we could see Jesus in his life. And I think that we live for other objectives and, and focuses too often. The world comes and they put this on us. You've got to come become the best you can be by doing whatever it is that suits your program and your philosophy and your focus. And Don't care about the rest. You just become the best that you can be. Become whatever. And, and particularly in American context, they often say, have the American dream. What is the American dream? To succeed. To have a much to live for and to live on. That by the time you get to 65, you can retire. You can go and pick up seashells on the seashore. That's a great aim. That's crazy. We cannot live for that kind of stuff. And it's not the Americans that are at fault. It's the world system that makes us think that your biggest objective is to get a lot of money so that when you can retire, you can retire with a lot of money and then just sit there and maybe travel the world. But we live for ourselves in that. If we look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith, and we consider him all the time, then this journey is about becoming. It's not about begetting. It's not a, a journey of, of traveling and going places. It's not a journey of, of, of being known. It's not a journey of, of accumulating more for myself. It's a journey of becoming more like Jesus. And so that's the aim of us even gathering here this morning. Our process is, 
is being formed by Him in relationship with Him to become more like Him. But we need the key is there are two things: look, consider, look, and consider. And it's as simple as that. I mean, you you stare at a at a television the whole day and you see what's happening there. Eventually, that becomes part of what you do and think. Whatever programs it may be, but ultimately, guys, we we look unto Jesus, and and I'm all for you know wonderful Christian programs on television, but that doesn't form us. Come on, you can sit in front of the TV and watch all the wonderful Christian networks around the world, and that's great, but that's not relationship. This guy here is talking about considering Jesus in relationship with Jesus. No, they didn't have media and stuff then. They didn't have even the Bible. The Hebrews that he was writing to had this letter at their disposal. So how did they consider Jesus? They would have had to go on what was written about him in the Old Testament and what was spoken about him at the time after he had been around. You and I have so much to look at and to consider so that we can become. The looking and considering is not so that you and I can walk around with, you know how much I know about Jesus? <laughs> Man, it is phenomenal what I can tell you about Jesus. It's not what you can tell me about Jesus, it's how much you can show me about Jesus that counts through our lives. And so that's the focus. As we journey to become, we say, Jesus, you're the center. You're the ultimate. You're the perfect example. There's no one like you. Don't look at me. Don't look at one another because we can compare. Then I can say, well, I'm perhaps a little bit better than Clive in this area or he's a bit better than me and we like striving to see amongst us who can be the best. But when we look at Christ, I know that I'm always going to be inferior. But he doesn't make me feel like that, does he? He says, no, I want you. This is what I've example, this is the example that I've set for you. I want you to become like what you see. And so the question we need to ask is, what are you looking at? What are you considering most in your life at the moment? Because on your journey here on earth, how many years may still be left? That's what you will become. Whatever you spend the time most looking at and considering, that's what your life will become. Our plea to one another, yours to me and mine to you, is let's consider Jesus. Let's look at him. Let's make sure that our focus is on nothing else but only him. And so as we, as we talk about that single focus right in the center of our lives of being Jesus, we're actually saying that's the, that's the who. That's who we would like to become. That's why it's good for these moments that we consider the who and talk about him. But it's better. Listen to this. It is better that when you go home alone and consider the who yourself too. This is helpful, but this cannot be everything that you need to do to pursue his likeness. The journey of becoming like him is mostly, and I've read up, researched this, 
that people say that the greatest form of transformation for followers of Christ do not happen in gatherings like this. They are helpful, but the greatest and the most transformation comes through our personal walk with him, where we say, I consider you, I look at you. And so I just want to give you, we've got a slide thing that we will probably put out um, with our notes for this meeting or for this preach. Um, the audio will be available on our website, but um, we will send out the notes as we normally do for you today later. And you will have, uh, hopefully we can add the, the slide um, show that, that it just goes through some of these verses for you to go and look at. But if we have, if we have Jesus as the center, if I, for instance, use this, um, in the middle here, we say, Jesus, we want to become like you. We want you to be the center of our lives, nothing else. And therefore, um, we are considering what the word of God says. We need to lay aside, we need to read rid of sin and wait in our lives so that we can look unto you. There are four things that will help us to become more like him. Because this is the what, this is the who that we would like to become. A question often that we fail to answer is how? How do we become like Jesus? Do I go through a course, 101 Jesus course, and then once I've graduated, I'm like, boom, here you are, Jesus, you're on earth. No, it's not like that, is it? <laughs> it's not that simple. Because the journey of becoming ends the day that we are taken up into heaven. But now we're still in that journey. You and I are still alive, hey? Just check on your neighbor, please, quickly. See if there's, uh, there's breathing taking place and that they're still alive. That means that you're on the journey of becoming more like Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, that is our obligation. I'm not here on earth to just spend time and, and try to accumulate something for myself. Because, by the way, this portion of life here on earth is like a dot there in the corner. There's a little dot that you can't even see. And eternity stretches far beyond that end of that wall. Our time here on earth is a dot over there. And we make so much of it. And we forget that eternity awaits us. And so what we want to aim at is during our time here is to become more like him. He wants to form something in us. And the how is simply this. Jesus the focus. The first thing that we say will enable the first key um, aspect of becoming more like Jesus is God's role. That's incredible. God says, I want you to be like me. And he doesn't say, okay, I'll leave you on your own now. You're going to manage. You can do it. Hey, you got my boy key. <laughs> become like me. You know? No, he says, I'll, I'll partner with you. So that's what Jesus said. Remember when Jesus said, I, I'm going to go away? He goes, but it's better for me to I go away. He's like, what? Paul and um, the Peter and those guys around him, the disciples probably would have gone, no, nah, you're mad. It's better for you to stay. He says, no, it's better for me to go because then Holy Spirit can come. So Holy Spirit is the first key aspect and the person who plays a major role in us becoming like Jesus. If we don't recognize Holy Spirit, guess what you're doing? Cutting him out of your life. He said, I can do this on my own. Or you wouldn't be wanting to do it because the Holy Spirit is not there. He's the one that gives you the desire to become like God, like Jesus. And so Holy Spirit wants to play an important and a huge role in our lives. And 
on the notes that we will send out. The, the verses will be there, but you can take note of 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 17 to 18, where, where, where Paul is now writing. He says, it's, as you behold the Lord as in an image, like a mirror image, you are being changed into his likeness by the Spirit. So if you consider, if you look at Jesus, you can look and you can look and you can look and you can look, but you'll only be transformed into his likeness by the Spirit inside of you. So the moment you and I become born again, we say yes to Jesus. Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And he says, ah, this is wonderful. You said yes to Jesus. Now I'm here as your friend. I want to form you into his likeness. That's why you feel convicted when you've sinned. That's why you feel convicted when you've said something to someone that you shouldn't have said. It's Holy Spirit. He's your friend. He said, uh-uh. Come on. Or you wake up and you think of somebody and you're like, man, I want to phone this person. I want to go there. I want to buy this for them. I want to just bless them. I just want to be with them. I just want to love on them. Where does that come? It's not you. You're not so nice. Hey, sorry to say that. It's Holy Spirit in you. He's the one that forms you through changing the way you think. So Holy Spirit, major, major contributor. You take him out, then the rest won't work. Let's get to the rest. The next one is, if Holy Spirit is at work in my life, and he's my friend, and he wants to take me by the hand to help me to become more like Jesus, someone's got to say yes to that, isn't it? Who's that? My wife. Who? Yourself. Well done. Gee, if I had sweet, I would have given it to you. But we're not allowed to, to share any edible stuff, isn't it? I would have had to eat it myself then. Gee, that's a wonderful thought. Maybe I should go and get some sweets. And I'm thinking, no, let's not get sidetracked. The point is, somebody's got to say yes to the work of Holy Spirit in our lives. That's you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to say yes. I can't do it for you. You've got to say yes. So my effort. So this God's part. Then the second one is our part. Auntie Beulah, you've got to say yes to Holy Spirit. The moment he taps you on the shoulder... I mean, I use that as an illustration because he doesn't come and do that. You just feel an unction, isn't it? How many of you ever felt, oh, I should do this good thing? Any of you ever feel that you want to do good things? Any of you want to f- admit that you want to do good, bad things at times? No, you don't have to raise your hand. Huh? <laughs> Point is, Holy Spirit is the one that stirs you towards that. It's not, again, our own nature to do that out of our own. So we've got to say yes. So our part is absolutely key. And there are wonderful verses in that that indicate that you and I have a role to play. And I want you to take this time and please, if you ever take our notes and and if you receive it, please take time to work through it this week. It'll be very helpful to you. Not because I say my notes are great. It's just helping you to understand the, the verses better and so we'll send it out. So that's my part. So it's God's part, my part that I have to play. I've got to say yes to him. The third um, role player as it is in terms of me becoming more like Jesus, I've got to just be very honest with you, and you've got to take note of this very, very seriously. But the third role player or players are next to you, behind you in front of you and they often share most of your life with you that's the community of believers that we find ourselves in it's like 
God's going to use them? Yeah. God's going to use them to form Christ in you. And it's those people that are so close to you often that know every little bit of detail about us. And they would speak to us and say things that, how dare you say that to me? That wasn't nice. Well, it was maybe necessary for you to hear that, you know what, what you just did is not actually so great. I have a wonderful wife. And she's very helpful. One of the beauties of marriage, and if you're not married, that's, that doesn't mean that God cannot use people to speak into our lives. God can use wherever. Friends. But the beautiful thing about a wife and a husband I trust is that we are so close that we can say things. And I'm not saying, I'm talking about harmful things and spiteful things. I'm talking about just people that are close to you that can see you for who you really are and can talk to you into that context. And so if you're not married and there's not someone that close to you, allow people close to you, whether it's another friend or relative or whoever, so that they can, and particularly believers. I believe the community of believers are there because they have a certain, I can take this off, you're taking notes, can I remove this? Because um, as I put it down, you may not be able to take the notes now. Can I, I'll, I'll pick it up again later. Um, the thing is that believers amongst us who share a common interest in Jesus have the desire, should have the desire, to see Christ formed in them. And as they are humbled before God to allow Him to do that, then they are also a tool to others. So don't come and point people, tell them what to do and say, you should be, but you're not doing it yourself. That's why I'm talking about a community of believers God can use a donkey to form character of Christ in me, I know that. But particularly those that are submitted to his spirit and to his lordship, they're the ones that will, and Luciano would come to me and say, Vesi, I, I see this in your life. Because he's my friend and we spend time together, he notices this. And then he, because he submitted to Christ himself, he comes and encourages me to say, hey, why don't you just change this and change that? and Why don't you just, I see that every time you talk about your brother, I have a brother in South Africa too, and maybe out of conversation, this is just an illustration, so don't get all worked up now, okay? Um, maybe out of conversation, him and I, he says, Vesey, every time you, you, you talk about that one brother of yours, there's, I feel there's, there's a sting in your conversation. There's something that, man, you, you, you're not happy with him, eh? Like I can pick that up. And he says to me, I think something maybe has gone wrong. I think you need to forgive him. Ah! And I'll just stay away from him for another week or three. Because God wants to use him to form character of Christ in me, but I'm like, I don't want to listen to it. Yet, that's the beauty of community. That we, that we not just come together for a meeting like this, because we're not in a moment like this are going to speak into each other's lives necessarily. We're going to just enjoy time together. But as we can build friendships, out of this, there comes a, 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 a liberty upon us to hear what Clive has to say to me. And it's not through just major things. It's just, so how's it going with you and Bushley? Hey? How's your relationship? And you're like, ah, 
Maybe I just encourage. He encourages me about my walk with some men. And so on and so on. So, back to my drawing board. Um, so, character of Christ, the centrality of Jesus. Holy Spirit is at work. He nudges me. Spend time with, with me so that you can get to know me. And out of my own walk with Jesus, that's where we spoke so much about being with Jesus, remember? That being with him is about becoming like him. And so Holy Spirit says, come spend time in the word. Read the word. If you don't read the word, by the way, your pursuit of Jesus, of becoming more like Jesus, is greatly hampered. Okay? So this is not a religious exercise of, uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. He shall not want that I mean, I Amen. Yeah, I read the word. Okay, let's carry on. Like, what did you read? I have no idea. You know what I mean? It's just the religious stuff we did. I want to spend time with him so that we can become like him, consider him. Then people, the community of believers, and we'll give you those scriptures. Oh, they're so beautiful. I know, I wish I had the time to go into them. But oh, the community of believers are so helpful. Why would we disconnect ourselves from the body of Christ? We could disconnect ourselves from Christ. Because how can you be linked to the head of the church, Jesus, and you're not part of his body. Seriously. And I know people have been disappointed through church, through you and I. I've disappointed people. People have disappointed me, but I still believe in church. I still believe in the community of believers. And I will not let, and I trust God for his grace, that whatever disappointment may still come my way through the church, that I will never lose the heart for his body for his bride, the church. Because in that, I find growth for myself. We cannot grow. This is, a, this is an important statement. You cannot grow without community. God instituted community from the beginning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he, he made us to be in community with one another. For one purpose too, to help us grow. And then the last, so it's God's role through Holy Spirit. My response, my time with him, my pursuit of him, people's involvement in my life, me allowing them into my life. See, again, you can be part of a church and be on a list and never allow people close. Keep them there. Keep them at bay. They're not going to come close. I'm not going to close, go close to them. I'll come to a meeting, in and out. It's Greek for quickly. Anyway, um, and so... We can easily do that and pretend that I'm part of a community, but I'm really just part of a database. You're going to see those people talk on a database to one another. The spreadsheet is brilliant. Those people talk to each other. Ah, yeah, on your list they do. That's all. So community of believers is very important. Then the last one is what we experience every day, and that's life. And I mentioned this that there's this movie, Forrest Gump, where Tom Hanks was the main actor in it. He says, ah, life has its ups, and life has its downs. And so life comes with all its challenges, its moments of great celebration, but also its moments of great challenge. And I have to make a response in that. I have to make a choice in that. Depending upon my walk with God, through Holy Spirit, my personal 
devotion to what I see in the Word and believe is speaking into my life, I make a choice on how I'm going to respond in this moment where things go really, really down. And all of us have, to a certain extent, experienced that. And maybe some of you are really troubled at the moment with a, a real down thing happening in your life. God wants to use that through his input, through his relationship with us, through people's relationship with us to build the character of Christ in us. Say, Lord, this is not pleasant. This is actually yucky. Another beautiful word translated from the Kimusawi language. <laughs> no, this, yucky just means, ah! <laughs> it, we go through those things, don't we? And God wants us to, through His grace and His input in our lives, and His word that functions deeply, where He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you tap into those things. You say, oh, God, as I go through this life experience that is unpleasant, I want to tap into the resource of your word and my relationship with you and allow the central focus of considering Jesus, looking unto Jesus to take shape in my life so that I can become like you. And I need you, Holy Spirit. I cannot. And I say, please, Clive, pray for me. I'm going through a tough time and I'm reaching out and I'm going before God in my own devotion, my personal pursuit of him. And I'm feeling Holy Spirit encouraging. And, and somehow there's a forming taking place here. Of the character of Christ. And I'm not running. At, and when I hit a moment of great sadness. And great suffering. Which are all real things. I do not look at that and say. God where are you? I turn my back on God. Because life can do that to us. This is a warning again. Life can do that to you. And me. And behind life and life experiences, there's a devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to disrupt our lives. And take us away from the central focus of Jesus. And so we go through life. We go through the turmoil of life when we yet. We say, I will not give up. And the verses related to that. There's this beautiful portion in, at the end of Joseph. Do you know Joseph from Genesis? And, and when Joseph was, Joseph's dad had died. Who was Joseph's dad? Anyone? Jacob, well done. Jacob. Jacob died, and, and, and you know, brothers, his brothers were very, very, you know, jealous of him, and they tried to kill him. And, and, and right at the end of, of, of the story of um, in Genesis, when Jacob had died, the brothers were afraid that Joseph just were kind to them until they died, and their dad had died. And they were now traveling in fear and saying, because Joseph was now a major leader still. And he's like, ah, he's going to wipe us out now. He was just kind because dad was still alive. And then Joseph says this to them. He says to guys, paraphrasing, guys don't worry. All this evil that you thought you had brought upon me, God allowed. I will not change my heart towards you. God, all this evil, God meant it for good in my life. So all this stuff we go through in life, God can use that for good as we keep Jesus as the central focus of our lives. And so, just wrapping up, the journey of becoming is all about becoming like Jesus, the center. 
to achieve that focus, to become more like him. We need God, Holy Spirit in our lives. We need our own personal pursuit to be intact. And that's where we need one another. Please come and encourage me. That's your role, where we can encourage one another through community. And life will come. And also through life and experiences in life, God can use that to form the character of Christ in me. And so may we encourage one another along this journey. And so we will, as, as elders and, and speaking from on, on Sundays, we will use these elements to dive more into them. For instance, community. Help us understand how beautiful community really is. Help us understand how we can go through suffering, but yet not forsake our King. Talk to one another about who Holy Spirit is and the beauty of who He is and His role in our lives. And so that's what we will be talking about in the next couple of weeks and months ahead as we gather as a body, but as we scatter to go and live a life focused on Jesus.